Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. Two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female fight world. This is episode number 93, and I am Felipe Leon from Southern California, and with me, as always, is Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Felipe. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Trying to deal with the heat. And up there in Northern California, where I believe they're also having a little bit of issues with the weather, mostly fires. Hopefully you're in a safe yeah. place, Lupi, Lupi Gutierrez. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. And yeah, we are in a safe place, although we have uh, friends that have to evacuate and it's not a good situation for them. But us ourselves, I mean, it's smoky. There's a lot of a lot of ash in my dog's bowl, so I had to bring him in, bring it in. You know, but we're safe. We're blessed. Good. Yeah, my brother lives up there in Fairfield, and he was telling me that they're almost that he was almost had to evacuate uh, last night, but. Uh, Oh. But it looks like they contained it a little bit, so everything. Um, That's great. They, yeah, so let's talk about female boxing. In about 15 minutes, we do have a special guest, and it will be the first time that she's ever with us. All the way from San Jose, Costa Rica, is none other than the IBF 105-pound champion, Yocasta Valle. Valle is going to be with us in about 15 minutes here on the show, and it's actually the first time that she ever comes on the show as our guest. So we're looking forward to that. But before we go into that, let's go a little bit into the fight uh, review and talk about the fight we saw the last couple of weeks. You're breaking up. All right. Why don't you guys continue a little bit and let me, uh, let's talk about Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas fight. And I'm going to go ahead and call in from my cell phone. So I'll be back in a minute. Okay. okay. So, Lupi, what did you uh, think about that fight between uh, Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas? Uh, that was a really, really competitive fight. And doesn't it seem like it was a long time ago? It sure it does. like it was weeks ago. But it was a very competitive fight. It was exciting. Um, and what... But Terry Harper was the champion, so and she was fighting what number fourteen. So it, to me, as exciting and competitive as it was, I think um, Terry Harper was uh, how do you call it? We all saw <laughs> it was like the emperor with no clothes. She was honey. Like, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank at the word. Yeah, she. I mean, she she did try her best, but it seemed like she was a little surprised by Natasha's. Uh, aggressiveness. I think she expected a different fight 
it, it just seemed like she expected a a boxer runner, and she got a a boxer puncher, and she really yeah. w- wasn't really ready for that. No, exposed. That's the word I was looking for. Exposed, really. Oh, okay. Um, you know, with all the reports on social media that was you know, built up to the fight, and then for that fight to happen, and I'm not, it, it was a competitive fight, but it wasn't the Terry Harper that I think everyone thought. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm back. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me better? Uh, a little better. I can hear you. You sound like you're far, but uh, but you're clear. How about now? Does it sound better now? Uh, you just sound a little far, but not not. It's not bad. It's manageable. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, a little bit of technical difficulties there, but um. Going back to what you guys, uh, going back on what you guys were talking about as far as Terry Harper, I don't know if I agree 100% with Lupe saying that she was exposed. I mean, she had a, an opponent across from her that was very experienced. You know, she was a an Olympic, and Harper doesn't seem to have that much experience. Um, I believe that she was still um, pretty competitive. Now, is she going to be able to hold off the other? world champions at 130 pounds and especially Michaela Mayer, I don't think that's going to happen. No. I think that Michaela Mayer can beat Terry Harper or at least the Terry Harper that we saw on the night of Friday, August the 7th. But uh, but it looks like there might be talks of them having a rematch and it'll just be a matter of if Harper is able to adjust or if Jonas can do what she did a little bit better and take that title. What do you think, David? Uh, I think um, I think Natasha is going to be a little rougher. Actually, I think she kind of learned that she can deal with Terry. She she gave her a little respect at first, and then she came on kind of late. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be. A, I think she's going to get a better Natasha the second time. I don't know if Terry can adjust though. I really don't know. So yeah, nice. that's something that we are going to have to. That is something that we will have to see to see if she's going to be able to adjust if Jonas ends up changing up her style slightly to be able to beat her. Now, on the next week, Friday, August the 14th, also at the Metro Fight Camp in Essex, uh, United Kingdom, and on the zone, we saw an eight-rounder between previously undefeated Shannon Cordinay um, and Rachel Baugh. Rachel Baugh pulled the slight upset, dropping Courtney in the first round and going on to win a unanimous decision. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was a unanimous decision because there was only one judge and it was a referee, which made me feel like we were 19-18 and the referee <laughs> scored it 77-75 for Rachel Baugh. I had Courtney uh, kind of possibly pulling it off a little bit or maybe at least a draw, but the referee was the sole arbiter of the result, and he scored it for Baugh. That is one question I have, because later on in the main event, the same main event, they did have three judges, so I don't know if they're getting paid by the fight, the judges, and if so, why can't Eddie Hearn spring to have it, to have all the fights judged by three actual judges? But, uh, you know, as far as my opinion, Although Rachel Ball won the fight and dropped Courtney in the first round, the one that I saw with the more professional uh, style was Courtney. Courtney, for me, Ball seemed uh, a bit amateurish. Yeah. Jimmy, did you see the same thing? 
boxing arena and being exposed because kickboxers tend to be a little too straight up and because uh, they're you know they're used to kicking and they it's and I thought Shannon uh, slipped so many punches I I thought Rachel was very inaccurate I, I saw her make so many punches and the uh, the referee gave her too much credit because she I mean she did hit her but. I think uh, Courtney must have slipped about a hundred blows, and I've—that's rare that a person slips that many punches and loses. Now another fighter that another fighter that did a tra- that made a transition from kickboxing to pro boxing and actually had a really good career, but you can see that also in her style, more so in the beginning of her career. But you can still see traces of it. It's none other than Jackie Nava. She actually started as a kickboxer and transitioned to a boxer. And even even to this day, a lot of people see traces of her kickboxing style in her boxing style after she has nearly 40 fights as a professional boxer and numerous world titles. So that is pretty pretty interesting. Now the next night, on uh, did you did you want to comment on that fight a little bit before we move on? Yeah, you know, um, I walked in on the fourth round of that fight, and we thought uh, this girl, Rachel Ball, is going to get knocked out. She was just breaking her down, and we were waiting for her, and we're like, oh, she's really tough. She's not getting knocked out. And then we thought when she won, we were like, what? And then you guys told me, no, she got knocked down in the first. We went back and watched the fight. But really, was was that knockdown enough? You know? Yeah, I didn't see that. Somebody, somebody got a background noise. I also thought it was weird that the referee was the only judge. Yeah, there's a lot of back, background noise. I don't know who has it. Can you check your, your mic, everybody? Yeah. No. Yeah, I hear you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I hear like a breeze coming through on the mic. Yeah. So it looks like when when you only have a a did it go away now? Yeah. Uh, no, it just okay. came right now. No. That's weird. I don't hear I don't hear it. But uh, but it looks like uh, when you have only that one referee, um, then you know you tend to just get one opinion of of the action that you saw inside the ring, and the referee actually saw it uh by two rounds for uh, actually. I don't even know, 77-75, so he's sorry for Rachel Baugh, no matter what. Now, moving on to the next night, uh, from downtown Tulsa in uh, Oklahoma on the zone, we saw a changing of the guard when current super lightweight champion, unified unified uh, super lightweight champion Jessica McCaskill score a close majority decision over Cecilia Breakhouse, not only stopping her from breaking the Joe Lewis record of most consecutive title defenses at 25, but actually taking all her world titles of all the organizations and giving her her first defeat. That was uh, Breakout's first majority decision. So, you know, a big fight, uh, one of the best fights that have been scheduled for, uh, for this year in female boxing. And we saw something that not a lot of us believed would have happened 
in fact, Cecilia Brackhouse before the fight was a five to one favorite. So, Lupe, what are your thoughts about the fight and the and the result? You know, I thought it was a really um, exciting fight, and it was. It, I was so there were so many good things that came from this fight. You know, and it might not have been pretty. And Jessica fought her fight, and she never stopped fighting her fight. And Cecilia tried to, you know, keep up, and she couldn't. I didn't really see Cecilia waking up till or figuring things out till like the seventh. And then it kind of like she figured it out, and then she was able to take a few rounds. But it was Jessica fought the way she thought she had to to win, and she won. And she she was the underdog, and she only had ten fights. And yeah, she's not the boxer. She doesn't have the prettiest movements, but she did it. And for Cecilia, I thought Cecilia looked stunned right after the first couple rounds. She sat on the on the stool, and to me, she looked stunned. Like wow. She didn't expect that. I don't think she's ever been hit like that or come at like that. David? David? Uh, it's funny, but uh, that fight reminded me of uh, years ago when uh, Roberto Duran fought uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. And um, uh, Duran, you know, made it a, an ugly fight, kept him inside, and just uh, brutalized him. Uh, I mean, he didn't really hurt Leonard, but he. He made him fight his fight, and he came out the winner. You know, it was very reminiscent of that fight to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what we saw was uh, Cecilia Breakhouse that was more, especially in the first half, like Lupin mentioned, uh, Cecilia Breakhouse who was more, uh, more, uh, more keen into into actually exchanging punches and not staying at a distance. Now, it could have been a decision that her and her and her trainer, Abel Sanchez, made, or it could have been the fact that uh, McCaskill forced her to fight like that, you know. But what we did see, yeah. Lupe just mentioned it, is she kind of woke up in the seventh round and was able to establish some distance between her and, uh, and McCaskill. So that might have made a difference as well. Um, uh, or maybe McCaskill just started getting started getting uh, t- more tired, and that also was a factor where uh, where Cecilia was able to create um, some distance. So you know, at this point, it is what it is, and she won. And McCaskill won the fight. Now she's a unified she's a unified um, uh, welterweight champion as well as uh, the unified super lightweight champion with two belts, so we're going to see what happens there and where she decides to stay. Now, they did have an interview. They did comment with them um, after the fight, and here's what Cecilia had to say regarding if we will ever see her in a ring again. I've done so much, and I miss my, my friends, my family, and, you know, women boxing is just an amazing place right now, so, you know, they, they'll do fine without me. She said that, you know, that female boxing is in a perfect place right now and or a, a very good place and that maybe um, they don't need her anymore to be the first lady of boxing. Do you agree with that, Lupe? Um, yeah, and it's not that they don't need her. I hope she stays, and I hope she stays in different ways. But it, it seemed to me that when they announced Jessica, you know, she had a smile, it, she, it felt to me that she was relieved. 
You know, she was ready to move on. And that she picked who she wanted to be her successor. You know, the way Cecilia handled it, I mean, that wasn't one of the most beautiful things out of the fight. That's why I thought it was so just such a beautiful fight. It was brutal. And then the ending where she handled it with so much grace. And we all saw the video where Jessica came to return her belt, something with respect. And I don't know, Cecilia looked relieved. But then again, she said she's going on vacation. So we'll see how she feels when she has some R&R. You know, she might feel differently. Now, David, you know, she didn't, she didn't, actually, let, let me let me play this other clip where she's asked um, if we're going to see her in the future. I don't want to talk about that right now. I just want to congratulate Jessica. She did it. She really wanted it. She did a great match. And I'm proud mm-hmm. and happy to, uh, you know, pass the torch to, to her. And I have to say, I don't know what's going to happen right now, but I'm incredibly, I'm so proud to be part of women boxing right now. If, yeah. if this is my last fight, I can leave women boxing and just say that, you know, I was a part of this. I was a part of taking women boxing to this level. And that will be my biggest achievement at all, uh, of all. Now, there, there's, it's known that there is a, uh, a rematch clause, especially if Jessica McCaskill would have won the fight. Do you think, David, that we see breakouts again at least in one more fight? Uh, well, according, according to my sources, they're contemplating doing a rematch, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I've heard that she's uh, vacationing right now. She's still in the United States, and that she they're thinking that they're going to uh, ask for the rematch. It is in the clause, so there shouldn't be a problem with that. And, um, you know, it'll be another exciting fight. And a big money fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, McCaskill was asked um, what the strategy was going into the fight, and this is what she had to say. Well, my coach definitely told me a couple nights ago, he said, hey, this fight, fight it for you. So this- Actually, that was a good clip. This is a clip. Well, my coach definitely no, told me a couple nights ago, he said, hey, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties here. Give me one second. Here goes. I just didn't stop. I didn't expect her to be as rough as she was, but I was ready to be as rough as I had to be, and that's what came out. And it was a lot like uh, McCaskill Taylor 1, and, you know, we're looking for that McCaskill Taylor 2. So it's just throwing when she's holding and, and trying to move and make those punches happen. Um, keep your feet moving and, and just be aggressive. Be more aggressive and out-punch. You guys said it yourself. Shout-out to the to punch count. We never get a punch count for the females. 230 more punches than she did. That tells you that I wanted it. And as far as what what a breakout said what happened, uh, Classy, she didn't really want to get into it, but she did mention. Well, Jessica just uh, threw more punches than me uh, tonight, and she really, really wanted it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything more. I just want to congratulate her and take good care of this. Uh, I used a lifetime uh, selecting those belts to take good care of them, yeah. and I know she will do that. So the recurring theme in both of those comments from both ladies is that Jessica McCaskill wanted it more. And I think that's something that we did see inside the ring where she was relentless with her attack and never really giving the breakouts any chance of, uh, of, of, of breathing, to, to say mm-hmm. it that way. David, do you agree that, that her 
for relentless was much more of a weapon than her actual boxing skill? Uh, I think I think that's part of her skills. Part of Jessica's skills is that she can she can fight more than one way, and uh, I think a lot of people are underestimating her. I think that they forget the fact that she beat uh, Erica Faria twice, and she was she was a former pound for pound uh, uh, contender before too. And the fact that she beat her twice. It kind of tells you that, you know, Jessica knows what she's doing and she knows how to apply, stay to a plan and, and make it work. And, and she did a lot of slipping. She slipped a lot of punches in there, too, fighting inside. Uh, she's able to slip and counter and 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 use the uppercut to perfection. I, I thought it was a master class in fighting inside. But I've never seen women do that. I've never seen that. I, I mean, no, I take it back. I've seen it happen, but I rarely see it happen. Rarely. Yeah. Now, uh, Lupe, do you? What if you were Rick Ramos? If you were, or if you were McCaskill's manager, what would you? Uh, what would you give? What would you say to her for what she should do? Um, moving on, should she stay at 147 and look at the fight? Look for fights in that division or to drop down to 140 and try to unify that division with the fights that could be made there? Yeah, I mean, she she is 140, right? Since she moved up to 147, I would stick to what? let's unify. But, I, but knowing Go ahead. Thomas, they're looking they're looking for the big fight. So I think they're going to go where the big fights are, the big money fights. So wherever that weight class is, that's what they're going to do. So, David, David the, yeah. big money fight, the big money fight here with the one that we Lupe mentioned is the rematch with Taylor. So, do you, do you see that fight happening more at 140 or at a catch weight of 145 to, to make it a welterweight fight? Yes, who? So Jessica with, 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 uh, with McCaskill and Taylor? Uh, you know, I think when it comes to McCaskill, I think that there's no advantage. So if they want to do it at 140 and a half or 140 and an ounce, they can do it, you know, because they're both the same size. They're not real welterweights that they can do it. So all they have to you know, they could weigh one forty seven if they want or one forty in an ounce if they want. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could do what, what uh what the PBC is trying to do with Gervonta Davis and Lima Santa Cruz where if Gervonta Davis weighs hundred and thirty pounds they would be fighting for the hundred and thirty five and hundred and thirty pound title. So that's something that they could do as well. Um fighting for those six titles. You know, or or even I think it's seven titles because I think Rick has had five titles, including the IBO, and then the two titles yeah. of uh, McCaskill at 140, and that would be, although it would be gimmicky, it would be a huge, it would be a huge uh, fight for female boxing where they can actually see that there's actually six world titles in play in one fight, and they can make it happen as long as both of them weigh 140 and and all the organizations 
are willing to do it. They're willing to do it with Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. I don't know why they wouldn't be willing to do it here. Um, before we move on, because I believe we have our guest on the line, um, let's see what McCaskill said as far as who she thinks can win the fight between ADT and Delphine Persoon coming up this Saturday night. I don't know. I think Katie really underestimated her last time. I was looking back at some of the pictures that you guys were posting, and gosh, she was bloody everywhere. And, and I hope she's uh, a lot more disciplined in, in her skills this time and, and comes out with a win because I want to be the one to beat her. <laughs> I like there it. You go. So she's Taylor Witt because she's the one that wants to give her that first O, and she already did it to one of the most legendary fighters in Simo boxing. Cecilia Breakout, yeah. so if she will, she could do it then, and she could do it now. So, yeah. but on the line with us, I believe it's none other than current IBF minimum weight champion Yuki Tavaya. Let's see if that's her. Hello. Two zero six. Hello. Yeah. Hello. How are you, sir? Who am I? Who is this? I'm sorry. This is uh, Mario Vega. I'm uh, uh, Jocasa Valle's promoter. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. Is she on the line with you? Yes, yeah, she's right here. Uh, the only thing is, you know, uh, if you can translate. Hello. Hola, pura vida. <laughs> Hola, Jocasa. Muchas gracias por estar con nosotros aquí en el programa. Y de hecho, eh, pues te va a traducir eh, Mario y, te, y voy a pasar la batuta a, 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 con el anfitrión David Ávila. David, go right ahead. Ok, buenísimo. Muchas gracias más bien por invitar. Costa Rica? Eh, yo súper bien aquí en Costa Rica, a lo que se puede. Estamos entrenando muy fuerte eh, para cualquier pelea que se venga. We're we're very fine here in Costa Rica. We're training hard, training. Uh, getting ready for anything that uh, will come. We know that uh, something is coming uh, at the end of the year. And, and so, so tell us, um, you signed with uh, Red Boxing uh, earlier in the year, and. Um, What uh, what was the the enticement to sign with Red Boxing? Que firmaste con Red Boxing, que era lo que buscamos. Well, actually, I, I can I can answer that one. <laughs> okay. We're looking to go to the U.S., Mr. David. We we want Yoka uh, to fight in the U.S., so um, that that's our idea. And and um, what um. What what are the goals that you that you establish? Uh, oh, you know what, Mario? Why don't you explain also what you do um, before so for the uh, listeners? Uh, what you do uh, for your casa and how you got involved in boxing? Okay, yes, uh, Mr. Avila, I'm uh, I'm the promoter, the boxing promoter uh, here in Costa Rica. I've been doing it for the past ten uh, years. We had uh, working with uh, Mr. Dino Da Vinci, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. We have been developing fighters like uh, we worked in Hannah Gabriel's for a while. Then uh, we had Brian Vasquez too. Uh, we ha we did the Francisco Fonseca's career before his last fight, of course, that, that we were not involved uh, against um, the this kid from Golden Boy. Uh, Ryan Garcia. 
yeah, Brian Garcia. And uh, of course, we have uh, now Yocasta Valle, which is uh, right now the, the fighter that uh, is being uh, really well promoted here in Costa Rica. Last fight, uh, audience in, uh, in the national TV was around uh, 450,000 people who watched uh, Yocasta last fight. Last uh, February 8th, her world title defense against uh, a girl from the Philippines. So uh, she's very, very, very active here, and uh, she has a big following. So, Yokasa, how did you get involved in boxing? What uh, What were you doing that made you see boxing as a as a, a career? Okay, ¿Cómo te involucraste en el boxeo? Bueno, empecé por mi papá, que él fue el que me llevó a los 13 años para que empezara a entrenar she started uh, when she was 13 years old uh, her father was the one who brought her uh, to to the boxing gym y como dos tres semanas de de entrenar igual nunca me no me llamaba la atención pero cuando tuve mi primera pelea ahí fue donde me enamoré del boxeo she was not very happy about it she didn't like uh, you know uh, especially the smell of the gym and the gloves. So, uh, but then two, two weeks uh, into the training, her coach told her that she wanted to fight and she said yes. And she managed to win that fight and she fell in love uh, of the sensation of winning. So since then she, she hasn't stopped uh, training. So, so Madi, you were tell, uh, we, we talk often uh, for the audience, uh, I, I talked to Ma, I've known Mario for many many years, and um, we, we talk, and he uh, he's mentioned that Yocasta is one of the, the hardest working females he's ever seen, and and mm-hmm. what makes what do you think differentiates uh, Yocasta from the other fight, fighters aside from just being a hard worker? What do you think it comes from? To be honest, Mr. David, that that's the uh, that's the question I would like to. To know, so we, so all my fighters can be like her. Uh, she's just too. She's disciplined, like her trainer says. She's uh, basically uh, um, like a soldier. She has never tell uh, her trainer uh, not that she's not going to do anything, or she just do it. You know, everything that she's told, she does uh, without hesitating or asking why, or um, just you know, she's she's a hardworking. Uh, uh, girl, um, basically, her dad is um, he 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 he's into the sports. Um, you know the people that the build. Uh, he's a bodybuilder. He's a bodybuilder, uh, and uh, so he was very disciplined. And he told he 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 coached her in in that sense. She was when when they were growing up. She saw that uh, her dad uh, didn't eat. Uh, you know what everybody else eat, even if. Like it was really good food and stuff like that. He had to he had to to do the weight and he had to to become number one. So she she learned from from her dad, who's who's actually he's like uh, I think 48 years old and 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 he's really really big and uh, very very lean still. And, and what has been her? I know she's fought all over the world. What has been some of her her best experiences fighting uh, in other countries? que has peleado por distintas partes del mundo, ¿cuál ha sido tu mejor experiencia? Eh, la última que fui en España, que gané el, el título mundial, que era algo, es difícil pelear, a, pelear afuera y ganar en España, y ganarle la campeona, 
eh, con todo en contra, eso fue una de las satisfacciones más importantes para mí, más traer el título mundial para Costa Rica. Basically, eh, the, the last fight that she went out, it was in uh, Spain, where uh, she took the title from Joana Pastrana, which was uh, the champion, and it was her third defense, uh, so we had everything against us, and it was it was it was really nice to 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 win that title and bring it back to Costa Rica. And for for our listeners, um, Yocasta came very close to fighting against uh, Samisa Estrada. How how did it feel in that fight? Uh, well, well, first I uh, explain what happened, uh, why you weren't able to fight Samisa Estrada, and uh, and also how it felt that not being able to come. Yeah, basically we we had uh, we had pre- everything advanced to to fight Tenesa Estrada, uh, and just just uh, when we were about to sign the contract, we 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 got the phone call from the IBF. At that point, Jocasta uh, was number one um, at, at the rankings at the IBF, and uh, the the IBF uh, wanted to do the mandatory fight for Joanna Pastrana. So after two years of looking for that fight, uh, to fight Joanna Pastrana, uh, they offer, uh, you know, to, to go to a purse, purse beat and all that. At the end, we don't even, we, we accept all the terms to go to Spain, and, and that's why we didn't uh, fight uh, Senesa. But uh, she, she, can, she can tell you about Senesa. Sí. Ah, bueno, sí, que nosotros queríamos pelear con Siniesa, siempre le hemos tenido en la mira, pero eh, tuvimos la oportunidad de pelear título mundial, que era en España, con Joana Pastrana. She said that uh, she really wanted to fight Siniesa, that she has always uh, have it on, you know, on, on, on her eye to fight with her, and, uh, but it was, it was, you know, a big opportunity to fight the, the world champion against Joana Pastrana. She definitely would like the to fight Tenesa in, in, in a close future. What is the uh, Yoka C uh, among the, uh, in her weight class, uh, who, who are some of the fighters that she looks at and, and sees as opportunities or challenges? Uh, is there anybody around that she, she has her eyes on? In your division, who do you want to see and who do you bueno, ahorita quiero pelear con las campeonas, que son eh, Sukota, eh, que es japonesa, con mexicana Nabel Ortiz y Tina Rupert de este Alemania. Right now what what uh, she wants is to uh, you know fight against the other uh, 105 uh, champions. Um, we know the the Japanese girl Etsukota. Um, Uh, or Anabel Ortiz from Mexico, which is the WBA champion, or have a rematch against uh, um, the the girl from Germany, uh, Tina Rupert. Oh, okay. Um, Mario, I'm going to pass you on to Lupi Gutierrez from uh, San Francisco. Uh, Lupi. Hey, okay. Hi. Hi, Mario. Hi, Yoka. It's nice Hi. to have you. Hi. So I was looking at your social media. And you're in excellent shape, and now I know why, because your father was a bodybuilder. But how much does conditioning make up of your workout? Eh, que estaba viendo tu, tus redes sociales y vio que estás en muy buena condición física. 
eh, ya ahora entiende por qué, de que tu papá te enseñó a querer cocinar. Eh, eh, ¿Qué tan? What was the question again, sorry? So, how much does conditioning make up of her workout? Okay. ¿Qué cuánto, qué cuánto, qué, qué significa el acondicionamiento físico para todo su trabajo? Bueno, eh, muy importante, ya que mi entrenador Marco Delgado es muy exigente. Él siempre me quiere ver en forma, porque él dice que en cualquier momento podemos pelear y siempre hay que estar listos para cualquier otra pelea. Uh, she said that uh, uh, Marco Delgado, which is her trainer, is uh, he's very, very uh, uh, into the discipline, and uh, he always wants her ready because we we never know when a fight will come, and uh, she has to be ready. For example, uh, I'll tell you an example. We with uh, Francisco Fonseca, we had the the fight against Gerbonta uh, Davis uh, 15 days, uh, you know, before. And uh, he was ready because of uh, the work ethic that uh, Marco Delgado, as a trainer, has. So that's, yeah. that's very, very important for, for, for him and for her. That's great. You know, Yoka, you also have contests. I saw you had a jump rope contest, and you give out workout routines, like mini routines on your social media. How important is it for you to stay engaged with your fans? Eh, que tan importante es que te mantengas eh, en redes sociales como ahorita que estás haciendo el concurso y que hagas rutinas, que tan importantes son tus fans. Es eh, demasiado importante, ya que aquí en Costa Rica la gente me tiene mucho cariño. De hecho, no tengo mucho que, la, que me eh, hayan conocido porque de hecho aquí es difícil en la parte de otros deportes como el fútbol. Es muy importante para ella porque aquí en Costa Rica, you know, people have, have a lot of uh, love for her, uh, you know, in, in social media right now, she has uh, combined Facebook and, 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 uh, and Instagram over 200,000 people, uh, but, mm -hmm. you, but it was not always like that. Uh, she just got into the public eye like uh, two years ago when she, she was participating in a, in, a, in a dancing contest. It was not even for boxing, so... It's very important to keep engaged and, and, and adding more people because right now is the way to, to promote her, you know. Y más en esta situación que estamos en la pandemia, motivarlos a que hagan ejercicio y así ayudar un poco. And now in this situation that we we're, that we are involved in the world with the, with the COVID, right? Uh, she wants to keep uh, people uh, active, moving, and uh, give, you know, help them, uh, you know, this uh, uh, difficult time. Yeah, and so she also, you also work with the elderly. What do you do? También trabajas con el adulto mayor. Sí, trato de abarcar varios, ya sea los niños, le da promedio y adulto mayor, porque sí me mandan mensajes de que Yoka, me puedes ayudar a una rutina adulto mayor, si puedo saltar cuerda también a los 70 años, y les doy los consejos. Uh, she she tries to to work with kids, uh, you know the people, and also elderly people. Uh, she got a lot of uh, she receives a lot of of questions about what they can do. Uh, Yoka is also she's um, uh, she's studying uh, to be a, a trainer, uh, so she's she's almost uh, getting her degree. So that's why uh, she likes to, to teach people. And uh, basically, uh, we did a, a one video with uh, jumping rope, and it got viral. Right now, it has over uh, almost 3 million people uh, that saw the video. So 
it was it was a very big uh, thing for her uh, in uh, in Mexico. People, a lot of people in Mexico and Argentina has got involved with her career because of that video. And because of the dancing, she can. What's great about social media is she can bring new fans to boxing that wouldn't have been. You know, they're looking at her dancing, and now they know she boxes. Mm-hmm. Ajá, que como participaste en un concurso de baile, trajiste gente nueva al, al, a, que le gustara el boxeo. Sí, eso es eh, desde niñas que nunca se imaginaron que les gustaba el deporte, les gusta el boxeo y muchos decían, eh, Yoka, muchos de los, de los costarricenses aquí dicen, Yoka, a mí no me gusta el boxeo, pero me gusta usted, me gusta su personalidad, su lucha y su disciplina. It, she said that it's very important that a lot of, of little girls have told her, you know, that they want to be like her. And uh, also uh, a lot of people that, that saw her dancing, and now they, they, tell, they tell her, I, I didn't like boxing, but uh, because of you, now I, I, I watch. And, uh, well, la- actually last fight, uh, we had a, a crowd, uh, probably uh, it was like 4,000 people. Uh, the, the fight before we we got 5000 people into the stadium so uh, actually she she she's actually developing a, a, a huge uh, follow up and uh, new like you say new 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 people to come to 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 the boxing because of her that's so nice uh, how, then how do you structure your time with your daughter como estructura el tiempo con su hija no es mi hija, es mi sobrina, pero eh, trato de pasar tiempo con ella, como ella es amante al boxeo, también le gusta, entonces es que ella pasa tanto tiempo conmigo, pero no es mi hija. She said that she, it's not her daughter, it's, uh, it's uh, her nephew, uh, her, her niece. niece, niece, I'm sorry, her niece, sorry, sorry. It's not English, she looks just like yeah. her, she looks yeah, like yeah, a she mini, looks just like uh-huh. Actually, Yoka has uh, uh, their her family is uh, uh, five sisters, so um, th- that's from uh, her older uh, the daughter. I mean, um, sister that she actually was in boxing, but uh, you know, after the baby and all that, she didn't uh, keep uh, involved. But uh, the the little girl, she loves boxing, so she always goes to the gym and she likes to be involved. Oh, that's nice. The, another one for the future. <laughs> yeah. So, well, actually, Joka's uh, uh, sister, uh, she's uh, the youngest of the sisters. Uh, she's 16 years old, and she has uh, she has already won three national games, and she was uh, wow. the best athlete in the, the here. There's like a national games uh, mm-hmm. every year, and she was the best athlete in in the last. Uh, national games so um, we're developing her her sister which is she's 16 years old and uh we're trying to 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 get her more into the um amateur you know to to go to the olympics but she's mm-hmm. uh, she's really talented oh runs in the family huh exactly exactly <laughs> so yoka you have a nice record with 20 and 2 and then your two losses to fujioka and they were 6 months apart so did the second loss have anything to do with the first? Like, where were you mentally? Que tienes un muy buen récord de 20 ganadas y dos perdidas. Que estaba viendo que las dos perdidas fueron contra Fuyoka y Rupert con una diferencia de seis meses. Que si la pelea 
en Alemania, o sea, haber perdido en Japón te afectó en Alemania. Eh, no, más bien me dio más ganas de entrenar más fuerte, más bien la primera pérdida, apenas vine aquí a Costa Rica, eh, acaso dos, tres días de descanso y empezamos de una vez a entrenar porque mi promotor Mario Ega me dijo, Yoka, yo sé que vienen cosas mejores, eh, usted tranquila, porque sí, bastante, me afectó bastante mi primera derrota. Actually, um, she says, you know, that her first loss in Japan was, uh, uh, it was very difficult for her, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it actually made her train uh, more. Uh, yeah. And when she came back from Japan, uh, she rest like a couple of days and started, went into back to the gym to get ready because we knew uh, uh, more more big things were coming. And actually, we 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 felt we went to to Germany, and Joka, to be honest, uh, she gave uh, this, uh, this girl Tina Rupert a beating. But it, it's very difficult to to win in in Germany. She yeah. she, she never leaves Germany, and and uh, we actually really we felt that she won. Uh, uh, the cards were were crazy. Even the last round, to put it an example, uh, all the judges uh, score. Uh, 10-10 in all three uh, cards, uh, and uh, you know we felt you know if you're there and you're you're getting paid to to be a judge, you just take a decision, right? But uh, a lot of the cards were 10-10, which we felt it was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happened. So you said you said you want to fight the champions, and you'd love to get uh, hook fight Tanisha, but. If they can, they said, Yoka, who do you want to fight? Who, who is your fight? Who do you want? O sea, dijiste que querías pelear con las campeonas, que también quieres pelear con Ceniza, pero ¿con quién quieres pelear? ¿Cuál es tu pelea? Es que ahorita la que sea, porque de ahí tengo seis meses de no pelear y de hecho yo estoy lista en cualquier momento, la que sea. Entonces, ahorita lo que quiero es pelear con las mejores y cualquiera para mí sería perfecta. She says that uh, she has six months without fighting and she misses a lot. She she wants to punch somebody. She says <laughs> so she's ready. She's ready to fight any any anyone. She wants to fight the best. Uh, she wants to fight all the champions and the best fighters uh, uh, because she wants to prove uh, she's number one. Uh, she was watching the 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 box wreck uh, yesterday and uh, and. She's number four, and and uh, she wants to go directly. To, I mean, she wants to work to go to number one, and be the best fighter in her division. Nice. And I have one last question. It's for you, Mario. As her yeah. promoter, who do you think is the fight for Yoka out here in the states? Uh, of course, as as promoter, we would like to fight uh, uh, Teniesa Estrada. Uh, I think she's. She's big. Uh, she's a big fighter, uh, but she hasn't fought uh, nobody. Like like the last fight, uh, it, it was too easy for her. And mm -hmm. uh, like I say, uh, any time that I that I come to a fight for Joka, she never says no. We went and and Mr. Avila knows we went to fight uh, uh, for Joka, which is it, it was at that point four times four times uh, world champion in four different divisions. And uh, and Joka, uh, she she only had, uh, you know, I think, you know, she had like 14 fights or something like that, which from those 14 fights, there were only like six competitive fights before, you know, she
she started fighting people from Mexico and, and before. And she never hesitated. She went, and I know that Puyoka, uh, in the press conference, what she said is that uh, uh, what she noticed about Yoka is when they were face-to-face, uh, she had no fear. She, she, she didn't show her any fear, and, and that's what Yoka has. Um, she's she's willing to face uh, you know the best and 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 to mm-hmm. to promote a, an athlete like that is is the best thing uh, it can happen. Uh, the only thing is is tough to to promote uh, female boxing. Uh, you know shows like yours it, it makes a difference. And uh, I I want to uh, congratulate you guys because of of the work that you do all together. We can we can bring uh, female boxing to where it's supposed to be. Uh, where a uh, man and woman can be equal. Amen. Hey, thank you, Mario. Gracias, Yoka. It was great gracias. speaking with you. Muchísimas gracias. Hasta luego. All right, bye. Felipe? Okay. Yes. Mario, um, my first question is for you. You mentioned how difficult it is to promote female boxing. But in Costa Rica, it sounds like you have popular fighters like Ana Gabriels and uh, Yoka, yeah. Yoka Valle. Um, what more needs to happen in Costa Rica for you to, to feel that, that female boxing is being promoted better? No, to be honest, um, actually, the, the, in the, I think the, the country to promote uh, uh, female boxing it's Costa Rica. I mean, we had, and Mr. Avila knows, we, we had a show where uh, Hannah Gabriels brought 15,000 people to the stadium. And uh, Joka is now uh, getting crowds of 5,000. And, and uh, we're working. We're working hard to, my, my goal is to, to make a record and, and uh, make a fight, uh, a female fight, uh, and bring at least 30,000 people to the national stadium. That's what we're working and. And that's our project for, for, for next year. And I think we can do it. The only thing is that uh, our country is, is very, very, very big on, on soccer, you know, and uh, it's huge, the fan base here of, of soccer. But like I said, uh, the ratings that Joka are, are producing, last fight uh, hit the 30 points of rating, uh, 450,000 people watched the fight. And, and uh, like I said, she, ha- she has only had two fights from the 22 fights that she has, only two fights have been in the in TV, and and we're 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 getting those numbers. So I think uh, uh, we're uh, uh, we have a bright future. We like to go to the U.S. and and fight there, so we can have that support. There's a huge community of of, of people from Costa Rica, for example, in New Jersey. There there uh, around 20,000 people just in one uh, place in in uh, in New Jersey. So. That's something interesting, and and we we really like to explode that and 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 try to to see. Plus, Yoka is, is like I say, she has a very nice vibe, and and uh, she's a beautiful fighter. So, I think she has uh, all the tickets to 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 add in this uh, fight of 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 female boxing. Uh, I'm gonna speak in Spanish real quick. Ahora yo hablo español, entonces yo voy a hacer la pregunta. A Yoka y la voy a traducir y luego ya si Mario tú quieres traducir su respuesta estuviera perfecto, ¿ok? Ok. Ok, so I'm gonna make, I'm gonna ask her in Spanish and then I'm gonna introduce the question myself and then Mario is gonna introduce uh, Yoka's answer. Yoka, eh, me di cuenta que naciste en Nicaragua. ¿Cómo llegaste tú o con tu familia a Costa Rica? Yoka actually was born in Nicaragua, but 
lives in Costa Rica. So my question is, how did she or just she, she by, her, uh, by herself or with her family ended up in Costa Rica? Bueno, eh, yo nací en Nicaragua. Mi familia siempre, digamos, mi papá, mi mamá, eh, vinieron desde jóvenes. Prácticamente yo fui que nací allá y aquí estuve en Costa Rica toda mi vida y yo tengo mis papeles, luego ya me nacionalizaron costarricense y siempre he representado a Costa Rica, digamos que fue como que nací, soy estoy orgullosa de mis raíces nicaragüenses, pero siempre he representado a Costa Rica con todo el orgullo. She says that uh, basically her mom and dad came to Costa Rica very young. Actually, we had a lot of of people from Nicaragua to come that comes to Costa Rica looking for 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 better opportunities and uh, basically uh, her mom went back to Nicaragua to give birth uh, for her mother to to help her and then she came back and she has always been here in Costa Rica uh, then she became uh, she national she got the the national of Costa Rica right she has a Costa Rican passport and she has always uh, a fight for Costa Rica. Uh, she's very proud of her roots as uh, being born in Nicaragua, but uh, she, she, she fights for Costa Rica. Mm, muy bien. Eh, Yoka, este, después de tu segunda derrota al hilo, volviste a pelear en dos meses. ¿Qué tan importante era para ti subirte otra vez al cuadrato y después de esas dos derrotas? After your two losses um she fought two months later so my question was how important was it for her to step back into that ring after those two losses bueno después de perder dos seguidas eh, más bien no me desanimé porque confié en mi equipo mi promotor mario vega me dijo bueno yoka eh, sigue entrenando van a ver van a venir mejores cosas para usted y así fue eh, dos días de descanso y una vez nos fuimos al gimnasio a entrenar fuerte, porque yo sabía que en cualquier momento yo le dije, apenas yo esté lista, eh, como entrenador Marco Delgado, eh, vamos a pelear. Es importante a mí mantenerme activa, porque eso es lo que mantiene, sí, aprovechar lo máximo de mi carrera. Uh -huh. Ok, after, after the second loss, she, she felt pretty bad, but uh, she, she didn't let her, that, eh, you know, eh, come over her. She knew that uh, she trusts her team. Uh, she trusts uh, me and her trainer to, to get her back on track. And uh, when she came back, even she rest a couple of days and we're back, we're back to the gym because it's very important for her to, to be ready. And uh, that's what drives her, being ready to fight uh, anytime because she trusts on her team. Our de título mundial fue en otro país extranjero de España antes de llegar a ese y subir al otro contra Joana Castrana qué tan nerviosa estaba que te pudiera pasar lo que te pasó en Alemania her two losses were in foreign countries in Japan and Germany and her world title win was in Spain against Joana Pastrana so how nervous was she going into Spain and into the ring that what happened in Spain in, in Germany could have happened in Spain bueno, todo es de la experiencia. Bueno, después de haber ido a, empezando por Japón, acaso yo tenía pocas peleas, estaba subiendo dos divisiones, eh, no tenía tanta experiencia en Alemania. Igual, 
fue, digamos, sí, gané bien la pelea, pero aún así tenía que ganar, siento yo, eh, proponer más en la pelea, no ir tanto boxeando, que a veces pasa. Eh, y luego cuando ya fuimos a España, yo dije, la tercera es la vencida, nos preparamos como nunca, porque no queríamos dejar nada a los jueces, ni siquiera al público. Um, she said that uh, when when she ha she went to Japan, the first fight, she didn't have a, a lot of experience. Plus, she was right there. She was fighting at uh, atom weight at 102. She went two divisions up to fight uh, uh, probably one of the best fem uh, female fighters, and she didn't have the experience. Uh, but she went, uh, you know, 10 rounds toe to toe with with her. Then we went to to Germany, and she she felt she felt she won the fight. But uh, she she left uh, too many spaces because she thought she was winning and, and she didn't have the experience. So when we went to Spain, she said third time is a charm, and uh, I'm not gonna leave any doubts. Uh, I'm gonna go all the way, and that that was the plan that we did for that fight. Uh, if you see the fight, Joka uh, never stop uh, throwing punches. Even uh, when we went in the in the TV in Spain. Uh, the trainer was going, was telling Joka at the second round, you know, motivating her, uh, telling her to go after her, and and the the guys were like, why why is he doing that? Why you know it's only the second round, but that was that was the fight that we did, uh, and she went at it uh, the for ten rounds, and, and so we didn't left any doubts, uh, even that uh, you know the the referee was from Spain. And there was also a judge from Spain who, who gave the, the, the fight as a, a, a tie. The other two judges uh, saw what really happened and, and gave Joka the, the, the one, the title. Igual tuve miedo a la hora de la decisión porque puede pasar, me hubiera pasado lo mismo en Alemania. Igual sí tuve miedo en perder. For the decision, she was, she was very scared. Uh, you know that it, it could happen the same thing that happened in Germany uh, so she was very scared but at the end uh, you know she she got the title and it was very important for for our country ¿Cómo cómo describieras tu estilo y y la segunda pregunta que va con eso es cuál es tu arma tu mejor arma de estilo asking her how would she describe her style and also the second question Well, the second part of that question would be, how, what is the best weapon that she has uh, with her style? Mi estilo, a mí me encanta ir hacia adelante, tirando mucho golpe, diría, el estilo mexicano. Pero mi entrenador me ha dicho que a veces hay peleas de peleas, a veces que hay que boxear, hay que ir a media, ir a la corta, pero... Bueno, a veces hay momentos que me dice mi entrenador, yo que vaya a su estilo, que me gusta ir hacia adelante tirando mucho golpe, y para mí mi mejor arma es mi esquina, mi disciplina, que cualquier cosa que tengamos, podemos tener plan A, plan B, depende del tipo de pelea. Eh, she says that uh, she loves Mexican style, she likes to go forward, uh, you know, the, uh, throwing punches, Uh, that that's that's what she loves, but with her with her trainer, um, she ha she has also learned to dominate uh, the you know um, all the all three um, how you say that uh, you know being inside uh, you know in the middle or or 
or far away. She all the fights are different, and uh, she said that her bear, her, her best uh, weapon, to put it like that, is her corner because um, he, they always bring a, a plan A, plan B, plan C, and it's very, very, very good trainer that she has. So that's her best uh, asset. ¿Cuáles son tus boxeadores favoritos o tus o tus boxeadoras favoritas? ¿Cuáles son las que te gustan eh, estudiar o si son hombres estudiar para ver si puedes aprender algo nuevo? What, who is her favorite boxers, whether it be male or female? And which fighters does she like to study to see if she can get something new out of it? Bueno, a mí me encanta de boxeadoras mujeres, eh, Jackie Nava. El estilo para mí de ella es increíble. Y de hombres, eh, siempre he admirado a Floyd Mayweather, eh, pero ahorita actual, eh, Canelo Álvarez. She, like, uh, for the female, she, she loves uh, Jackie Nava's style. She believes she, she has an incredible style, uh, the way that she fights. And uh, she has always admired uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but uh, now, actually, she really likes uh, uh, Canelo Álvarez. Ahora, mencionaste que antes de tu pelea ante la japonesa Fuyoka, habías peleado en, en peso a tomo y has subido a 108 y, a, y ahorita estás en 115 como la campeona de la FIB. Pero ¿en, qué, en cuántas diferentes 105. categorías? 105, sí, 105. Eh, el peso mínimo, perdón. Eh, ¿En cuántas diferentes categorías ves que puedas tú militar antes de terminar tu carrera? ¿En how many different Uh, divisions can she see herself fight at before she calls uh, a career? Bueno, pienso que ya retirándome, yo creo que subiría 112, 112 libras. She she said that basically, uh, well, she 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 has uh, like I said, she won the title at uh, 102, then she went to 108, now she's in 105, and. Uh, You know, advancing in her career, she would like to try at uh, 112 pounds. Bueno, muy bien. Uh, mi última pregunta es, mencionas un combate ante Ceniza Estrada. Estrada ha mencionado públicamente de que le gustaría bajar las 105 libras y retar a la campeona de la AMB, Anabel La Vispa Ortiz. De hecho, al parecer, Golden Boy Promotions de firmar pero ¿qué tan estuvieras tú a, a dejar que Siniestra Estrada te retara por ese título, tu título de la FIB de las 105 libras, aunque signifique hacer la pelea en los Estados Unidos? My question is that Siniestra Estrada has mentioned that she is willing to go down to 105 and, and challenge the WBA champion Anabel Ortiz, but my question for Yocasta is how willing would she be to come to the United States and defend her title against Iniesta Estrada, even though it would have to be in the United States? Bueno, yo le diría a ella que está perdiendo el tiempo eh, buscando la pelea con Anabel Ortiz. ¿Por qué? Porque quién sabe cuándo la van a aceptar. Mientras, si me dice a mí, me reta, yo la firmo. Si me dice hoy, mañana mismo la firmo para que peleemos y tengamos la pelea pactada, si quiere bajar de peso. She says that uh, I I believe uh, she is is wasting her time uh, looking for a fight uh, against La Vispa Ortiz. That uh, if she wants to to go down to 105, she can give her a call and uh, we can have a contract tomorrow when she's ready to fight uh, whenever. If, if, if even in the states, no problem. 
well, David, anything else you want to add? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what was that? I was asking David and Lupe if there's anything else that they wanted to add. Okay, okay. David, Lupe? I just want to say that I'm really excited, and I can't wait to see who you fight next. She's also excited to see who she's going to fight next. And uh, she's getting ready uh, because she knows she's going to come to a big fight and uh to for the world to watch we're actually um making uh, uh asking for all the permissions and everything with this uh situation with the virus uh to do a fight here in in uh, uh late october uh, a tune-up fight you know because it's been too much time and and she never leaves the gym so fighters need to fight and uh so we're we're, we're looking to do a fight here in october and uh, and like I say, you you probably say that if if if, uh, if she fights Iniesta, he has to be in the U.S. Uh, I can I can I can think and I can dream that we can actually do a fight here in Costa Rica, get thirty thousand people to the stadium and 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 bring Iniesta to to fight to Costa Rica. Uh, why not? Well, yeah, to piggyback on that on that piggyback on that on that uh, question or on the statement, Mario. And it sounds like you have a contract with TV with Valle and the Costa Rican TV. But do you think that you guys would be able to generate the type of purse that Sinesa Estrada would ask for, which would probably be over $100,000 since she got paid $75,000 to fight in her last fight? And being that it would be a world title in Valle's hometown or home country, do you think that with TV in Costa Rica and the, and the ticket sales, you guys could generate a six-figure purse for Senesa Estrada? Well, uh, why not? I think, like I say, um, we work very hard. Mr. Avila knows. Uh, we have everything uh, here uh, to do it. Uh, we have the uh, a country behind us to support us. And uh, why not? Uh, and actually, I believe that uh, any promoter out there uh, would like to do uh, something in a beautiful country like Costa Rica, you know, we have we we, we have a really beautiful country, and uh, it's actually very close from the U.S. I consider this country like the backyard of of the U.S. because we have a lot of tourism from from the U.S. and uh, and it will be a really nice uh, setup to do. We have a, a really nice stadium, and like I say, we're trying to get uh, at least uh, thirty thousand people, and and uh, I believe we can generate. A lot of, uh, of of things, but you know, it, it's things that we're working on and and uh, that we we would like to to see. It, it's interesting, like like what you say about uh, her making that amount of money uh, and 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 the, the the fighter that she fought. Uh, for me, it's amazing. But uh, um, you never know. Like I say, I uh, Mr. Avila knows that uh, we here we we like to work hard. And uh, the sky is the limit, like I say. And 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 sometimes it's difficult to say that uh, you know we have a country, a whole country behind us. We're small, but uh, they 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 do love yoga. So we we can dream. We can dream. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Mario, and very 
much thank you to uh, Yocasta Valle for being here with us tonight. We wish you all the luck, and hopefully we get to see you in the ring soon. No, thank you very much. <laughs> Buenas noches. She's working. She's working on that. She's working on her. Yes, yes, yes. We're working. We're Muy getting bien. there. <laughs> Muy bien. <laughs> Buenas noches. Buenas noches. I mean, really, we really, uh, we feel honored to be on your show. I, 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 every, every time that I have a chance, I, I listen to you guys. And I, I believe it's an amazing job. Mr. Avila, you know, I respect him. He's one of the, the people, you know, that I, I, I most respect in boxing. He, he's a gentleman. And, uh, and uh, if, if he's working with you guys, it's because you're truly the best. So, uh Thank you for the for the opportunity, the, the space, and we'll see what happens. Thank you, thank you for for those words, and we hope you all the best. And and hopefully it's not the first time that you're here with us on the show. Perfect. Anytime. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. Okay, Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Bye, Mister Avila. Bye. Well, there you have it. Jocasta Valle, the IB her box record a couple minutes ago. She was also the 102-pound champion for the IBF. She fought for it, the vacant title in 2016 against Arna Victoria Polo. She won a split decision, but she didn't get to defend the title since two fights later. She ended up fighting Naoko Fioka and Tina Rupert and, and suffered those losses. But, you know, uh, she sounds like a hard worker. She sounds like she has a good head on her shoulders, and I hope that we can see her fighting in the United States soon. Me too. David, is David with us? David, are you there? Oh, did we lose him? I don't him? hear you. I mean, back. Oh, can yeah. you hear me? Oh, yeah, there you, you are. Hear me? You, you probably, yeah, okay. you probably muted your microphone. I must, there you are. I must have had it muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I wasn't right, sure. If there, was extra, there was extra noise coming. So I muted mine yeah. just in case it was me. Okay. Well, nothing. It sounds perfect right now as far as my incomes. But let's let's move on because we got about 20, 20 minutes left, and we do have a huge fight coming up this weekend. So let's move on very quickly to the fight chatter. Uh, during an interesting back and forth on Twitter, high-ranked here, and current IBF world champion Maiva Hamadouche came up with a plan on how the division should move forward. Mayer, Mayer stated, and I quote, Here's the plan, champ. You go fight Hugh Mew Choi. Might take a while and get that second belt. In the meantime, I'll take Eva Bronicas and Terry Harper's, assuming she doesn't lose it, and then we can meet each other in the ring to unify. I think you're the most deserving of the unification belt, so I'll save you for last. Just leave the Olympics and focus on rounding up those belts. The comment came after Hamadou's comment says, talk less train more. I've been ready for you for two years on a video mayor posted calling out all the champions at 130 pounds. What did you make of that statement, uh, Lupe, and also of the comment that Hamadouche posted on there uh, regarding that video that uh, mayor posted? Uh, (laughs) So, Michaela, she's, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, she's like, I'm on social media. I got to be on social media more. I'll get the hang of it. Well, she's gotten the hang of it. She's been she's been on fire, and and she speaks all the truth. Um, I don't know, she does speak the truth, and but and I like Hamadouche the the best. I think I really like her style. I like her style of fighting. I like, but I don't know um, the details on on her comments. If you guys can fill me in, was were they ever set to fight? Did Michaela not want to fight? I I don't know that 
So if you guys can fill me in on that. As far as the two years, waiting for her for two years, I, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there was ever a talk, uh, if there's already talk of them ever facing each other. Maybe there was. Maybe maybe there was a talk of bringing Hamadouche over to the United States. David probably more than more more about that than than we do, David. Well, at the time there was there was a mention about uh, Hamadouche, but there was always uh, because she always had her own agenda. Hamadouche, I mean. She, she was going to fight the Korean girl for more than a year. And there was other uh, talks of her fighting. Uh, uh, there was another girl. I forget who it was. I think it was a champion. But but anyway, top rank kind of, uh, they have their own plan. They don't, they don't, they don't read social media. I mean, the top rank people that decide the, the decisions. So mm-hmm. whether or not there was this going back and forth, Top Bank has their their plan and they stick to it. That's the way they are. They yeah, don't go true. by social media. Yeah, they don't go by much of a public opinion. They basically do what they no. feel is the best thing to do for first the, the the company and second the fighter. Now I do like Mayor's plan, but I think it might be a little bit hard to execute because Hamadou and Human Choi, you know, the IBF and the WB. Oh no, WBA. I'm sorry, respective champions. They they never go out of their countries. They never fight out of France and South Korea. So for them to actually go and face each other, I mean, unless it's on a barge in the middle of the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> or the South Pacific or something, I don't think that's gonna sorry. happen. So yeah, so if Mayor is looking to uh, unify the division, I think she's gonna have to stamp her passport and look into it herself and look for those fights. So. In more mayor, in mayor news, and going along with her plan, her bout against current WBO 130-pound champion Eva Bronica of Poland more than likely will go to purse bid uh, today. It was supposed to go to purse bid today. It seems that top rank and maximum box representative respectively did not come to an agreement or even began a conversation. The purse bid was to be held today, like I just mentioned, via Zoom conference, but no word has been made public if any Wait, promoter bid on the bout. Hey, Felipe, I thought today it was, was it tomorrow. I thought, well, maybe I, I did. I did see some convict, some conflicting um, reports. So it might have been today. It might have been tomorrow. Hopefully, it's tomorrow because we haven't heard anything about it. David, do you know if it's yeah, going to be tomorrow, tomorrow or today? I thought it was on Friday. Yeah, yeah and then usually, usually they're on Friday. So yeah, so hopefully it happens tomorrow because I think I saw a report that it was going to be today, but I might be mistaken in that report more than likely is mistaken. So hopefully it is tomorrow. And then by the next show, we'll be able to discuss if the fight was made or if if they don't get to an agreement, Ronika might leave the title vacant and Mayor will be able to fight whoever top rank chooses for her because like we mentioned thousands of times before on the show, the WBO doesn't have any rankings. And lastly, in the fight chatter, after it was announced the fight card on August 28th at the Fantasy Springs Casino promoted by Golden Boy was going to go ahead after Jorge Linares was positive for COVID-19 and scrapped from the main event. Today, in a press release, Golden Boy announced that postponement of the card, which was to be aired on The Zone. Featured on the card was the return of Olympian medalist Marlene Esparza, coming off her first pro loss last year to face veteran Noemi Bosquez. Bosquez actually broke the news yesterday on her Twitter account. No word of a new date or if Esparza versus Bosquez will be added on another card Soon. David, you got the 
the your ear on the on the ground there as far as LA and Golden Boy. Any idea of this fight being redone somewhere in the next couple months? And if is Fatsa going to be on it? There is a chance that it's going to be redone, and there is a chance that it'll be Marlon, but but they're not really certain. There's still some other irons in the fire. For instance, there's still Canelo up in the air. There's still Ryan Garcia up in the air. And they got to situate all those fights before they can decide what to do with Fantasy Springs. Mm. Well, if, if Canelo, well, supposedly the Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell fight has been got, it got to an agreement and it's going to be in the United States. And if we're still in the pandemic, more than likely it's going to be at the Fantasy Springs Casino. Canelo Alvarez has stated before that he'll be willing to fight without an audience, but that's up in the air as well. But if that happens, it will probably be at the Fantasy Spring Casino. Um, so who knows? I mean, I would I would imagine that Esparza would be on the card with either one of those fighters, being that you know she tends to fight her way into those fight cards. But would both is be the right opponent for such a that got postponed was. I don't think it will be, but, you know, it is what it is. What do you think, Lupi? Um, I think, you know, I like Noemi. I mean, she fights anybody anytime. She's a fan favorite, but I'd like to see somebody else on that card with Esparza. I know David threw a name around, and I like that name. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned the name on here before, which was uh, Adelaila Ruiz from Southern California. But as yeah. far as we know, I mean, Yocasta Valle is signed to Red Boxing, who is out of here, out of Pico Rivera. I believe they're from Pico Rivera. I know they've had their fight cards there. And as other Reese has yeah. also been on those fight cards. But I don't think Reese has an actual contract with that promotional company, right, David? No. No, so I, I think be, she's a free agent. Yeah, so it would be an easier fight to make since she would, they would just be speaking to Reese's team and Matt. Um, an actual promotional company. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted as far as that fight gets made or if Esparza ends up at, on another fight card. Now, going up to an upcoming calendar, um, there's really not much to report coming up since that Esparza fight Saturday in two days uh, from the final matchroom fight camp date from uh, Eddie Hearn's backyard in Essex, England, on the zone, which is going to be in the early afternoon here in Southern California or in the West Coast, the rematch that a lot of us have been waiting for, if not the whole female boxing world, Katie Taylor defends her IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO titles against former WBC lightweight champion Delphine Persoon at 135 pounds. That will be the semi-main event on the card. And on Wednesday, August 26th, probably not going to be broadcast here in the United States, but probably find it on YouTube afterwards from Queensland, Australia. Shannon O'Connor will take on Kylie Fulmer in an eight-rounder at Super Bantamweight. So, mm. David, what do you think? I mean, I don't even know where to start. We got ten, about 10 minutes. What do you think about Katie Taylor, Delphine Pursuit? We know the story of why this fight happened. It was supposed to be Amanda Serrano, but I mean, I'm even still on the fence. I'm even still on the fence in trying to decide which is a better fight because Pursuit, Taylor Pursuit one was a great fight, but back in June it was back and forth. We saw Taylor around something never seen professional. And 
many soccer soon win the fight. At the end, obviously, the official result was for Kenny Taylor. So, I mean, it, it's a great fight. I don't even know which way to lean. It's it's a lot of – to me – go ahead. Go ahead. I have a big asterisk on that fight. First, because like I said many, many times, Pursuing and Taylor were not tested. Or the results were never revealed. I have a suspicion. I don't want to throw it on any particular fighter, but Delphine Pursuing has not been tested ever. There's never been test results given from Pursuing, so we don't know if she's under PEDs or not. Uh, that first fight, yeah, people thought she won, but was she clean? That's my question. Uh, this fight, they're doing vital testing. I want to see the results. Uh, I want to, you know, regardless of who wins, I want to make sure that they have results because I, you know, I want a clean fight. Uh, I, I don't even rate Delphine pursuing the top uh, pound for pound because of that, because she's never been tested. And I want to see somebody come out with results on her. That, that's my answer now, to that. Now, we can assume, since you mentioned that they have bad attacks, and no report has come out that she's dirty, you know. Um, see, the thing is, I don't know the legality. I say, for instance, that she did test positive. Does VADA have the right to, to make? Those results public if match boxing doesn't work because that's what's happening. They should. No, no, the the promoter has the right to do it, and the commission has the right to reveal it, and the fighters have the right to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's up to them. I mean, just like the last fight, the WBC didn't want to do it. Uh, that's the other group that can do it. The WBC is the one that you know is ordering the, 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 through the clean uh, boxing program. The first fight, they didn't reveal it, and neither did New York. Now it's switched over to England. But the WBC is still part of that. They can order that the, the, the test be uh, released, the test results. Uh, and matchroom boxing can, can ask that the test results be released. How has matchroom boxing been with releasing results, David? Uh, you know what? I haven't. Well, they did. They did have some uh, positive tests. I think. Uh, Dillian one White. Of the Dillian White. Yeah. Dillian there White you go. Has, that, was, was I wasn't sure if it was White. Mm-hmm. He's I wasn't sure if it was White, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a well, semi-main event. No, he's the main event. He's the main event, and uh, Katie's a semi-main. No, Katie's a. No, really? no, no. I think Katie's the main event. I think mm, they we'll call co-main event. But who's gonna fight last? I think last. I think I think. I think that dealing white, dealing white, Alexander Povetkin is gonna stop the bet. But inside the ring, Lupe, what do you expect to happen inside the ring? Do you think we're gonna just see the eleventh round of the last fight, or do you think that either one of them, or actually both, are gonna make some adjustments of adjustments of what they learned from the first fight? They better make some adjustments from what they learned. Um, Taylor better make some adjustments. Um, oh, oh. Jacine, I was looking at the press conference. She looked so determined and a little mad. Hmm. I think Taylor better come with her A game. A plus. 
David? Well, like I said before, <laughs> I'm beating, a, beating the same drum again. But if Delphine Pursuit is clean, I don't expect her to, to go 10 rounds like she did last time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that would make a that I mean, would make that a was inhuman. That was inhuman. I mean, she did yeah. not get tired. Katie got mm. tired. Yeah. Yeah. That's now, true. you know, what we saw last, what we saw in the last fight, we saw something that maybe not a lot of us, a lot, a lot of us expected, but we saw Katie Taylor able to be the better boxer, have the better defense, have the faster hands and feet. But we saw Delphine Pursuit basically dictate the fight, whether or not, at the end of the day, she, she dictated her fight. She made it into the street fight, and Katie Taylor wasn't able to, to, to do that with, with that uh, style. In the in the analysis that I wrote that hopefully it's posted soon on theprizefighters.com, yeah. to me the biggest thank you the biggest um, the biggest criteria that I think was going to make the difference here are going to be the intangibles because I want to see how strong Taylor is mind wise to know that the whole world saw Pursuit well the majority of the boxing world saw Pursuit win that fight. And that pursuit is going to go into that ring knowing that she won that fight. And I want to see how Katie Taylor deals with that. If she's going to be tempted to try to be in a street fight, or if she's going to do what she's supposed to do and box and move and, and, and use her athleticism to beat Delphine Pursuit. That is the question to me. I think that she will. I think that she's been fighting since 11 years old. She's felt the pressure um, for all that time and all those world amateur titles and that gold medal and everything. I think that she's going to be strong mentally, enough mentally to be able to make those adjustments and be more disciplined and stay with her style that she should stay. And I think that this win is going to be a lot less controversial than the last one. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I agree. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes uh, from both sides. I think um, I think Delphine Pursuit basically figured out the formula, and there there is a a, a method that uh, Katie goes to most of the time, and Delph- Delphine Pursuit is the only one that I've seen that really figured it out. Not even Jessica McCaskill figured it out in their first fight. But Delphine did, and uh, I, I saw her use it, and all of a sudden it nullified Katie's movement, and and Delphine found out how to cut up one side of the ring, and that kind of made a big difference. Now Katie's got to make the change now. Now she she knows that Delphine knows how to cut her off on that side, and she's got to make an adjustment somehow. So it's going to be very now, interesting. I think it's going to be very tactical. One thing that you did there that Jessica McCaskill, in your opinion, was not able to figure it out. But one thing that needs to be mentioned is that Pursuit has much more, much more experience than Jessica McCaskill does as a pro. So that might have to be able to figure out how to nullify uh, Taylor's athleticism and her style. So now that Jessica McCaskill has a lot more experience, it might be easy. Not a lot, because it's only been like three or four months since she fought, she fought Taylor. But Getting mm-hmm. the ring with Eddie Caparia twice, getting the ring with Sanchez, getting the ring with Breakup 
you pretty close to the head of the class as far as experience comes at world class level. And that's that's something mm-hmm. I need to say. So uh, that's it. We reach the end of the show. Unless you guys have anything else to add, anything else from David or Luke? You know what, I do. Um, so Team USA's world gold medalist, Danielle Chambers-Perkins, she won her pro debut earlier oh. today. Oh, oh perfect. How, how did she win it? She won it. You know, she unloaded in the third, and it was unanimous. I, I'm surprised she didn't knock her out. I got to talk oh. to her and see what happened in that. It, it seemed like she could have knocked her out. That girl was just hurting but, uh, by the third and the fourth. So you guys, if you have UFC fight pass, you should check it out. It was worth it. Okay. Well, actually, going piggybacking on that, um, t- earlier today on our Block Talk feed here, blocktalkradio.com forward slash two minute round, and obviously you can find the links on Twitter and on Instagram. Lupi actually had a conversation with Daniel Perkins yesterday uh, prior to her pro debut. Uh, it's a two minute round face to face. So you guys want to catch that and see what Perkins had to say before her fight. And much more than that, how she got into boxing, um, her hobbies. Uh, it was a really good interview. So you guys want to go and listen to that. It will be a great listen. So with that said, uh, we want to thank everybody for being with us here on the show. We'll be back on September 3rd. More than likely, we'll have an exciting guest as an interview. And we'll be able to discuss in full what we saw between Katie Taylor and the Ophine Pursuit that night. So with that said, from David and Luke, we bid you good night. Good night. Good night, all. And now, your show. Two minute rounds. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.